Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Just to have a better life, to have a nice life, and to have a right life. That's why I came back to care of my world. How can a 30-year-old heart warrior single ventricle survivor live without the Fontan? What special considerations need to be made when moving from Egypt to Canada? What are the biggest concerns when you fall out of cardiac care? Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski. I am also a heart mom. My heart warrior was born with a single ventricle heart in 1994 and is living with a Fontan heart, working full-time and working to become an author. Today's show is living with a single ventricle heart, but no Fontan, and our guest is Ellen Benoub. Ellen Benoub was born in Egypt 30 years ago. She is a heart warrior diagnosed with a hypoplastic left ventricle, transposition of the great arteries, or TGA, pulmonary atresia, and dextrocardia. Ellen has had two surgeries, a shin operation at one year of age, and a half Fontan, or hemi-Fontan, when she was 11 years old. She moved to Canada in 2013. She is studying social services and academic English and hopes to study social work to help others with social and medical problems. She has three heart-healthy siblings. Her older sister is a doctor who takes care of Ellen's health. Ellen recently became an aunt to Molly, who was born in 2022. Aside from studying and spending time with her family, Ellen enjoys acting, watching movies, listening to music, and reading. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Ellen. Thank you, Anna, for having me over. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, one of the things we did not mention in your bio is that you're also a volunteer with Heart Unite the Globe or the nonprofit I work with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pleasure and the blessing of being volunteer with with you and with all the Heart United Club, I'm enjoying this volunteering so much. Well, for those of you who don't know, Ellen has been a producer for quite a few Heart to Heart with Anna episodes, and I've loved getting to know you, but I have a feeling I'm going to get to know you much better through this interview, Ellen. So let's get started. First of all, let's learn a little bit more about your heart defect. You said in the bio that you were a year old when you had your first surgery. How old were you when the heart defects were diagnosed? I don't really know. But okay. What I know is like, my family find out that something wrong with me. For the first time I born, so they just tried to find solutions, solutions, solutions. And then they put the diagnosed. Okay. And then you went 10 years with no surgery, which is pretty amazing considering all the different defects that you have in your heart. Do you remember having the hemi Yeah, I remember this too much. 
because of all the living years old. Right. And the cancer operation was in US, so it wasn't in Egypt. So it was a very nice and very weird trip for me. I'm always doing trips out of my country for medical reasons. I went to oh. USA, I went to England. Just okay. when any, anyone say, oh, you removed the lot around, it's just like, for a medical reason. So I didn't do that for fun. I'm only doing this for a medical reason. Okay. So the, I didn't realize yeah. you came to the USA. Where did you have your surgery? Where? It was in New Jersey. Oh, Deborah Hart and Lung? Deborah, yes. Uh-huh. Deborah Hart and Lung. Okay. Yeah, I had it in Deborah. Okay. And that was 19 years ago. I know that they had a program there for a long time that was especially for bringing children from other countries who needed care that they couldn't get in their home country. Exactly. Amazing. It was a very nice experience for me. I had as a 11 years old child with a cardiac problem going in a foreigner country. Today, just me and my mom, knowing no one, and then having this huge step, like this operation was a very big step for me. Sure. So it was a huge experience. Now, did you know English at that time? Did your mother and you both know English? My English was worse than now. (laughs) (laughs) You have very good English. I wish I spoke Egyptian as well as you speak English. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of English. What I feel like I can work on a daily basis. Like, hi, how are you? What do you read? What do you want to drink? What right. Do you, a, a lot of information, like having a hypoplastic ventricle transposition of retardant. That I will never understand. By having a lot of that part time now to understand it, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, at 11, that would have been really hard. Did you work with interpreters then? Were there people there to translate for you? Yes. Yes, I had. I worked with people translating with me, mm-hmm. and they had a different accent than Egyptian. I was like, they need more life force. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> Okay, don't talk. I understand what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) It was better to try to go with the English than with the accent that you didn't understand. Oh, my goodness. That's so Exactly. Okay, so you were just saying, this is a really complicated heart condition. And it's not uncommon for people your age, Ellen, to not really understand their heart defect. When did you first start understanding the complexities of your heart defect? Thanks to COVID, I was having a, a big understanding now about my health condition. Because of COVID, because when COVID started, my sister said, Oh, Ellen, sorry, you can't go out and you can't deal with people now because it's a high risk for you. I was like, Why? Because of your project phone. She wasn't staying with me at this time because she was working, doing shopping, and she was like the outside volunteering. 
So she sent me many groups on Facebook that were for people who are living with a cardiac condition. Mm-hmm. And since then, I greet you, Anna, and I start talking with you and volunteers in the show. And since three years, I start to be able to say, now I understand my heart's condition. I'm so proud of you because when I first met you, we were in a process of discovery. You were getting your medical records and you and I were looking over them and trying to translate them from medical language into language that we could both understand. And you've come so far in actually a pretty short period of time. And I'm, I'm really proud of you, Ellen. Thank you. I'm so blessed because I knew you and I started working with you and finding such a lovely people as you and many other people in the program. Oh, so, I know. We have uh, the best volunteers, so Ellen. Yeah, we yeah. have the best thank volunteers. <laughs> and what's really cool is that even though it's very unusual for somebody with a single ventricle heart to only have a hemifontan or a bidirectional gland, We do know some people that are working with us who have that. Now, can you tell us if you think you'll ever have a full Fontan? Did the doctors think that maybe someday they'll do a Fontan on you? Yes, they said that. My doctor said she will see and they start to take a medication that will work on the blood pressure on my lung. To make my veins wider so there is no high blood pressure on it. Then she was like, okay, with this medication, doing the effect, we will see if we can do the fontana or not. If not, we may do other procedure. I don't remember the name exactly. It's called a bridge. We will see after this medication to has the effect of medication, I may go. Do Pontan Bridge, whatever operation you ask me to do. Would it be a bridge to the Fontan or would it be a bridge to transplant, Ellen? People who have pulmonary hypertension frequently can't get a transplant unless they can get that pulmonary hypertension under control. And if they can't and things worsen, then what they usually do is get a heart lung transplant. Is that something that your doctor has talked to you about? Yeah, she told me about this. Also, so we have like this three options, which is full time if this indication doing well with me mm-hmm. for this operation of whole bridge. And maybe a whole transplant. We don't know. We, we are not in this stage yet. My case is not worse. I need a transplant now. So I having this options on my desk. So I don't know yet what I will do, but I'm sure in the right time, that will lead me to the best decision. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. 
home tonight forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Ellen, in your bio, we learned that you moved from Egypt to Canada. Can you tell us why you did that? You also said earlier that you have been to many places looking for medical care for your heart condition. You've come to the United States, to Deborah, but why specifically Canada? I have for many years. Like my sister, she's working as a physician here, and also I have my brother with his family and my aunt. So I have family in Canada. I find Canada would be a nice hope for me. I have a medical history like me. The medical assistant, he is good. I can't compare it with Egypt because every time I compare, I feel the medical system here is way better than Egypt. Mm-hmm. So, like, what made me having this decision is having family and the medical system. Here. Right. Moving from Egypt to Canada is a huge move. What did you do to make your transition in your medical care? from having doctors in Egypt to having cardiologists and doctors in Canada. I mean, we're lucky. We live in a digital age, so people can stand step over the internet, and that makes it a little bit easier. But still, it must have been a challenge to go from care in Egypt to care in Canada. Actually, I'm lucky that I'm having Miriam as my sister because she's also searching. She was searching for me for better opportunities, and she was living here, and she met a lady, and well, she had a kid with a cardiac problem, and this lady led her to a hospital in Toronto, so Miriam started to communicate with the hospital, and the hospital said, okay, we can see her fine, okay, we can see if we can solve something, she needs to come here to do some stuff. Let's back up just a second. Did you go to a hospital that actually has a program for adults with congenital heart defects? Yes. Okay. I think, yes. Okay. So that makes a huge difference because I don't know if there is a hospital in Egypt that has care specifically for adults with congenital heart disease. Not adults. There is a huge hospital in Egypt was working for kids with a congenital heart disease. Mm-hmm. And also, I think they have program for adults. But I couldn't join at this time with them. But we have a brilliant physician in Egypt. He's, he did a lot of stuff for doing with project problems. I met him once or twice. But he was like, you have a high pressure on your lung and then may not be a good step for you. So... This week. <laughs> well, yeah, 
pulmonary hypertension is a serious complication when you have a heart defect. A single ventricle condition is one of the most complicated cardiac conditions you can have. But then on top of that, dealing with the pulmonary hypertension, it makes for a very, very difficult case. And to make matters worse, you even fell out of care for a while. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Being out of care, I just felt, okay, my cardiac condition will not identify me. So I will live, like, I live, I will live normally. And it's okay when anything happens. I was like, I don't care. I don't want to search more or to find solutions more or to follow up with doctors. I feel like that's a lot of headache for me. So I was deciding, okay, I will live this way. But since COVID come, I just decided, no, I need to start to take care of myself. I decided I need to take care of my life. I need to have better health for having better life. And since then, I just started to follow up with doctors and like now I'm feeling more happy and quiet with my heart problem because I think at the beginning I felt like why not this is happening just for me. But when I met different people all over the world having a cardiac problem, I felt okay, maybe maybe God created me like this for a plan, for a special plan. He created a land for doing something. That's why I decided to take this, my study and my volunteering life. I start to see what's the plan for me. You created me this way. What do you want me to do? Right. I love that. It sounds like you and my heart warrior are very much of the same mind. And that is that. You were born with these single ventricle hearts. You had lots of doctor's appointments when you were little. You had open heart surgeries. And for a little while, you felt good. And you just didn't want to deal with all the doctors and all that attention. And so you just decided to live your life as though you didn't have a heart condition. Like you, my heart warrior is back in care. And I'm so relieved. But Looking back now, what concerns do you have about having been out of care for several years? Like for me, what encouraged me to go back to be on the care is seeing that it's not only heaven in this world having a cardiac problem. There is many other people, millions of people who are having a cardiac problem. So for that, I just decided now I need to go back and to take care of myself. As a person who is working, who is studying to be a social worker, a social service worker, I was like, I will not be able to see a client having a cardiac problem or having any medical problem out of the care and don't care about his illness and I live him like this. Like, okay, do whatever you want. No, you need to go to the care. You need to start to search and find solutions for your heart, your medical issue to live a busy life. I don't know. I feel like that. You didn't want to be a hypocrite. 
Yeah. <laughs> How can you help exactly. somebody else if you're not helping yourself? That makes exactly. complete sense. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now that you're back in care, Ellen, how do you feel about your future? It's a question now. It is, but I see a brilliant young woman who has become her own advocate and who, through taking care of your own health care, you're learning how to help others become good advocates. That's what I see. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. I want to have with a life, but I feel like I want to have with a life for having with the future. I want to live and help people. I want to live and stay with my parents, stay with my family. Maybe find a nice guy and get married. Maybe no more about this. Just to have a better life, to have a nice life, and to have a right life. That's why I came back to care of my world. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Ellen, in the previous segment, we learned that you're studying social work. And I love it that one of the reasons you felt it was important for you to get back into care was because you wanted to be a good example for the clients that you're going to be working with. Can you tell us a little bit more about your career and what you hope to do? Yeah, um, actually, I love this career. I love working as a Social work or social service. My heart condition guided me a lot to make the decision to study this program. I'm hoping to work with people with a medical condition, people who are adult, young kids living with chronic problems, living with like losing uh, arm or legs. This type of people like me. Like yeah, me people and, with chronic conditions that need ongoing care. Yeah. And yeah, I, you can understand them. I can understand them. And also, I think that the mental care and the emotional care is important as much as a medical one. Because if I'm having a hard time with my emotions, I'm very down because I feel like I'm alone. I'm feeling I'm going to play for people, feeling like. Oh, God, why you put me in this channel? So yeah. I feel like 
the emotional and the psychological aspect of this condition is way important for it's not like equally important than the medical aspect of it. That's right. why I decided to study social work yeah. and social service. Yeah. Yeah. I think 30 years ago when you were born, the whole focus for the medical community was just to help you kids who were born with funky hearts to survive. It was all about survival. And they didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the psychological or the emotional parts of living with a chronic condition. When my child was born, I was told that only one in four children who survived the first surgery made it to age five. 75% of the kids who survived the first surgery, and there were a lot of kids who didn't even make it to that first surgery, didn't make it to the age of five, much less to become an adult. And now the statistics are the opposite. Now kids born with single ventricle hearts, I think the last conservative study I read said something like 80% of those babies born with heart defects such as single ventricle heart, 80% make it to adulthood, which is huge. But the fallout from that is that now we're seeing that a lot of those people, just like you, feel isolated, succumb to depression, and the mental anguish that they go through definitely affects their own cardiac well-being. So I think what you're talking about doing is so important. It's not just kids with heart defects. It's anybody who has a chronic medical condition, I think their mental health is of prime importance. Believe me, when I start to work and start to study and start to understand my condition better, Mm -hmm. it makes me more free and more relieved. And now I won't hide that I'm sick. Anyone not see me, oh, she's sick. But I don't care. I'm blessed. I'm blessed with this medical issue that I'm having. Because this medical issue made me to study. It me to be able to understand and help others. It's almost like it's giving you a purpose in life. Yeah, exactly. That's wow. why I was saying, okay, girl, what do you want me to do? I think mm-hmm. that's what God made me want me to do. That's my purpose in life. And it just took you a while to come to that. Yeah, I think it took you becoming your own advocate and understanding your own condition to help you see what God's plan is for you. It took me 27 years to get (laughs) to this conclusion. (laughs) But you're here now, and we're happy that you're part of the community and that you're doing everything you're doing. It is through working with you over the last year, Ellen, that I've come to find out so much more about you. And you have so many amazing hobbies, such as being a comedian, being an actress. Tell me how you balance your life. How do you take care of the family and school and volunteering and still take part in acting and some of those other hobbies you have? Actually, I messed up with all of these because I'm acting with two different teams. And... They start to have all of my life. I'm in a summer vacation now, so I'm not at school. Every day, you know, we have a rehearsal. We're video shooting because we are not 
doing live shows now because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So now I'm doing many stuff for them. I'm trying to be conscious with my family and my visitors or anything around me. And finally, that's having nice news for me. Now I'm able to drive by myself. I recently had the license, which is great. <laughs> so now I'm like, now I can go wherever I want without saying, please, can you drive me to this place? This is a big blessing for me. It's a driving license. Sure. I'm very happy with acting, with acting teens, because I hear this from one of my teachers. Many of people who are studying social service or social work, they can be connected somehow. Oh, I've heard that many people in social work and in education are frustrated actors. <laughs> yes. When I I was like, yes, that's so me. <laughs> so I'm doing the acting and show I'm doing it in Arabic because as you all hear, English is not my first language. So I'm doing it in Arabic, but it's nice taking energy from me or maybe giving energy, which is releasing somehow. I feel comfortable was acting, I feel like this is a very big service for me because I'm going on service. So it's a very good thing I'm doing because I don't know about being in acting teams. That sounds like a good fit. You're an extrovert. You feed off of the energy of others and that's what fills your soul. So I think it's a great fit. So you get that energy that you need from being with other people and then you transfer some of that positive energy to the clients that you're working with. And I have a feeling you're going to be everybody's favorite social worker. I hope so. I hope so. I'm I'm thinking about studying drama therapy. After finishing my bachelor degree, so I'm thinking to have a master's art because I feel like, yes, drama therapy, that's good fit for Ellen. This is since I which is, I hope, I I hope, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think that would be a perfect fit for you. Yeah, I hope so. So finish up this bachelor's and then work on a master's where you're incorporating your love of theater and acting and being a comedian with also channeling that love into a way to help other people express themselves and come to a healthier perspective themselves. That sounds perfect. Oh my goodness. I can totally see you doing that. Now, does the college that you're studying at now have that master's program? No, but there is a master's program in the university in Montreal where I love having this program. Oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is English too. Which is good. Yeah. Yes, it is good. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the program today, Ellen. I'm so happy to see what you've done, what you're planning on doing. This is the first I've heard of you wanting to study for a master's. That's amazing. It's it's very time to be and as a guest in your show and talk a lot about me and about my wishes or I, where I get through and what I think it's it's a pleasure to talk with you about this stuff. 
I'm really enjoying well, it's different to be a guest instead of a producer, isn't it? Exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did it, and I can't wait, friends. Ellen is going to work with her sister to help me produce our very first program in Arabic. And I think that's going to be so helpful for people who don't have English as their native tongue and who do speak Arabic and want some of this information. Because we know that there are people in Egypt and in other places where they speak Arabic who are dealing with single ventricle hearts. And I think that Ellen's story will certainly inspire them. So be looking for that, friends. We will be having our first Arabic show later this year. But that's it for today's episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening. Please write a review of our podcast to help other people who are looking for a podcast in the congenital heart defect community. Reviews are so helpful when you want to know what you can expect before you commit to listening for 30 minutes to a program. So I really appreciate it when you all leave a review on whatever platform you're using. But until next time, my friends, remember you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have become inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard at any time, wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode is released every Tuesday from noon Eastern time.